0: Welcome to the Gen Z Speaks podcast. The goal of this podcast is to give you the Gen Z perspective on all things politics, business, tech, sports, and a variety of other issues. I am one of three co-hosts for this podcast. My name is Ibrahim Ahmed, and I'm currently a senior at the University of Southern California, USC, studying politics, philosophy, and law. And you guessed it, I'll primarily be talking about politics throughout this podcast. Without further ado, here's a little bit more information about my other two co-hosts.
1: Hey, I'm Matt, started Gen Z Speaks podcast with my high school buddies, Ibrahim and Jenish. Um, I just graduated college, business major. Now I am in industrial real estate, and I hope to accomplish on this channel, kind of spreading awareness of not only business, but politics and technology in general. Um, so yeah, Enjoy.
2: Hey, my name is Jenish and I'm a fourth year computer science student. I love talking about science and technology whilst also diving into topics such as business and politics. I started this podcast to so have interesting conversations that spark new ideas.
0: For the last three months, we have been posting our podcasts only on YouTube and we finally decided to post our podcasts on actual podcasting platforms like Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you're listening to our podcast right now. Over the summer, we also interviewed people in each of the industries that we're interested in, and we'll sequentially be releasing those episodes as well. Here is our latest episode that we discussed amongst ourselves, discussing the weekly news, updates, and just the world in general from a Gen Z Speaks perspective. We hope you enjoy. Welcome back to Gen Z Speaks we are back with an episode it's been quite a long time since we last talked feels like ages but it's only been like what three weeks but we're back better uh better than ever my usual co-hosts with me firstly we have jenish thanky the soon-to-be intel ceo computer science prodigy how you doing man doing good man hanging in there nice and then we got matthew gutierrez uh Soon to be real estate tycoon, the entrepreneur himself. How you doing, man? Doing great, bro. Doing great. How are you? Good, good. Let's start with some personal updates. I know you traveled uh, this weekend in Kansas City. How was that? Oh yeah, it was. Honestly, Kansas City is completely
1: different. Um, people say that's just the Midwest for you, but I've been to the Midwest before, and it just it felt like a different vibe there. It just everybody seems so nice, so friendly, and I don't know. It, it's a good feeling, right, being there. And I was talking to my dad about it. And he was like, I would love to live here. Like, everybody's so nice. The houses are enormous for the price. I mean, coming from California, you know, it's normal for everywhere else in the country for houses to be that price. But coming from California, they're cheap. And um, I was talking to him about it. I was like, yeah, they are nice. And people are, are very kind here. But, like, what's there to do? And, like, I wouldn't be, personally, I wouldn't be able to live like that. Like, I'm more of a person. I'd rather have experiences. And there's everything to do in California. There's almost nothing not to do in California and uh, you kind of pay the price for convenience and so
2: this is the convenience of it plus bro i think you needed to you know you're surfing you're a surfing guy so you know there's no uh
1: dude that's exactly what i told him. he's like well you got a lake and i was like dude what waves are there in a lake i'm not gonna be wakeboarding the whole time so there we go
0: i mean at least at least they have the chiefs that's the only thing that they have right i mean but i'm a packers fan bud sorry so they And the Chiefs are doing very bad this year. I'm pretty surprised. They are. What <laughs> yeah. um, about you, home, Bream. Yeah. Uh I heard you went somewhere. Yeah, yeah, man. So I uh, went to Cleveland uh, this last weekend, just came back on Monday. It was good. It was a good experience. For some reason, it's so uh, much warmer there than L.A., which is a first, really? right? Uh, when I came back at nighttime, Cleveland was, like, humid. It was warm. And in L.A., it's been pretty cold at nighttime. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but it's been pretty damn cold yeah um yeah but I I was in Cleveland for go ahead what are you you gonna say no no just you know know, I was I was in Cleveland man to, uh, to attend my older cousin's wedding uh again like I just feel like I'm getting so much older um my cousin's only like four or five years older than me he's getting married and I turned 21 and I just feel like old head now time is flying by and it's it's a little it's a little scary to be honest that is terrifying dude A 20 was the kicker for me.
1: 21, I'm I'm not so – I mean, I turn 21 next week, but uh, 20 was the kicker.
2: Did you do anything special, Ibrahim, uh, for your 21st?
0: I was on a red-eye for my 21st. (laughs) Oh, shoot. I I was flying to Cleveland, but, yeah, no, it was cool. I hung out with some family and friends on the weekend. And the weekend before that, I was in Oregon. Uh, It is such a nice place. We have to visit Oregon sometime. Um, I was, like, so – I was at a place, the backyard of it, there was these small private planes flying, like literally in the backyard. That is awesome. So dope. Yeah. By the lakeside mountains. It's so beautiful. It's a really underrated. Like I've never heard of Oregon as a place to like, you know, go to or to be. So it was, it
2: was a really good experience. Just, just a quick question. Is it like a lot of uh, forests
0: and stuff like that? What type of environment
2: is it in Oregon? I've never been there.
0: Yeah, it's it's a little different. I don't know how to explain. It is similar to forest, you could say. Um, There's definitely a lot of like. See, I'm not a tree specialist. I know nothing about uh, (laughs) the environment in terms of like what types of trees there are. I just know, hey, I just saw a bunch of trees. It was beautiful. I saw a lake, you know, uh, and I saw the trees were very different color than California. It was it wasn't just it wasn't like I saw no palm trees. It was like very different kind of like scenery, if you will, but. Yeah, we, we definitely have to visit. One of those things, like, you've got to be there to really, like, yeah. understand it. And the air was so fresh. Oh, my God. I felt really? like... Yeah. You know, in LA, okay. it's, the air here sucks. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Road trip to Alberta, pass through Oregon and Seattle. Why Alberta? Is it?
0: Oh, it's a nice... Yeah, it's supposed to be scenic. Bam, right? Alberta. Yeah. Yeah, scenic. yeah, yeah. That'd be pretty yeah. sweet. All right, let's... Let's dive into it. You know, what have you been up to?
2: me uh yeah well my, i'm pretty pretty boring just uh been working on a lot of projects so i'm in my senior year so there's a lot of senior uh i have to work on my senior project when so, we're developing like a mobile application so it's just a lot of group work that i've been doing but i haven't been going anywhere or traveling so it's just been wait so, so what I'm,
1: you're telling yeah. me is you're finally prepared for my idea <laughs>
0: That's what I'm hearing, Uh, Of
2: course, yes, yes,
0: of course. These inside jokes, man, the audience won't get it. All right, let's dive right in. Um, What do you guys want to start off with? We have a bunch you want to start with the vaccine mandate thing? Yeah, let's do it. Sure. Okay, so I think this happened this week. So Governor Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, he announced or he came out with an executive order that basically banned businesses from instituting vaccine mandates. Um, again, I, I don't know how he is able to do that it sounds very sketchy. And uh, I don't know if that's that's illegal. You, I don't know if that you can tell. I mean, I don't know. See, can you mandate that it, it's my point is, there's a gray area in terms of the legality of this. But what do you guys what, what do you is that? Why do you guys think he's obviously Republican. So maybe I don't know if there's politically motivated. But why do you think he, he did what he did this week? Um, so I
2: think there's a couple factors that go into it. One is uh heard that he, there's gonna be a re-election soon. And um maybe that he might want to get the votes of the Texas uh people who are, you know, against the vaccine. And maybe you know, if they work at a certain company in Texas uh and the company requires them to get the vaccine, uh, you know, they won't um they're not gonna like that. So maybe it's to get the garner the votes of those uh individuals uh Other than that i don't really know to be honest like it doesn't make sense to me because I get it it's like oh you you let people have the freedom, but like let's say I had a business, right, and I would probably prioritize the safety of my workers and I would require everybody to get a vaccine like that that would be my priority as a business owner and um not being able to do that, I feel like just hinders uh businesses. And I feel like it crosses the line between the state being
0: able to control private institutions. But yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I don't understand it, honestly. I don't know why, I mean, businesses, um, yeah, I don't know why he's mandating businesses, not to mandate the vaccine. It's, it's very, um, it doesn't make any sense to me. I, I, like you said, it's a business's first job is to, provide all the resources to its employees, right? To make sure that they can be productive. And if they don't feel safe and comfortable around each other, they're not going to be productive, right? Some of them might not even come to work. And so I, I genuinely, like you said, I think it's politically motivated. He wants to like uh, inspire up the right. And, and like you said, the reelection, I believe is next year, 2022. And so he's trying to get his base motivated and he's just making a reckless decision, trying to be the tough guy, but in actuality, He's making a very cowardly decision, so that's my take on it. Uh, what about you, Matt?
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you guys. Um, I'm a big believer in like people people's choice, right? And so when you talk about people's choice, it's like first off, I don't believe in a mandate to require masks for every place, like I t- spoke about on previous podcasts, right? But I also don't believe that there should be a mandate to not wear masks. I think that's even more irresponsible. And um, I believe that, you know, people have the decision if they're vaccinated um, to go ahead and not wear the mask. Right. Because, you know, unfortunately, the virus can still get you. But, you know, there's a highly unlikely chance that it'll be taken. But, you know, it is what it is. I guess he's doing what he thinks is is best for, you know, I I don't believe that he thinks he's doing is what's best. But uh, I do believe that he's doing he's trying to make he's trying to make it perceived that way. Right. And so. I don't agree at all. No.
2: What what yeah, what kind of uh interests me is what Ibrahim mentioned where he said that like I, I don't know if this is legal, like uh can you really tell businesses? I mean, I guess it's like a proxy because you're you're not you're letting people not get vaccinated, right? But can you proxy through that uh, that through a business and allow that? Because I mean, I feel like a business had uh I feel like it just have its own decision-making um, and should have its own like uh, different regulations, if that makes sense.
1: For sure. They're, they're private uh, companies, right? And so that they're private entities, they should have their own regulations and nonetheless, like I don't understand how you can require like something such it's like, it feels like it's even, it's being even more politicized. And that's like the opposite of what should be happening. What should be happening is what's best for society. What's best for the individual not what's going to get me more votes or what's going to, you know, get me here and there, whatever it may be. Uh, I think that, you know, people should have a decision whether they want to wear a mask or not. And it shouldn't be, uh, based on whether you're Republican or whether you're a Democrat or, you know, regardless of what you are, it, it should just be, uh, what's best for society. What's best for
0: me as an individual and what's best for you. What's so like counterintuitive is that as a Republican, right. Um, not me personally, I'm saying in general, as a re- Republicans believe in, in having businesses make their own individual decisions, right? And they, they kind of pride over that fact. And so he's literally overreaching his power and telling businesses exactly what they can do. And again, like it goes against all his political beliefs and his ideology. And it, like you said, his main motivation is politics. He doesn't really care what the effect is going to be the only thing it seems to me that he cares about is his uh re-election chances and him trying to stay in power it's a sad it's a sad reality it happens across the country and uh yeah i don't know how we fix it let's but like uh, yeah just just one notice
2: to end off the topic you know it's just that i feel like even in terms of politics i think it's a bad decision because he's garn- he's losing the votes of a lot of business owners and business owners are heavily influential in like, you know, uh, getting votes and um, pretty much uh, being him able to have political power.
0: So I just feel like it's kind of going against even his political agenda. Yeah, we'll see what happens in Texas It's always interesting, right? Because Texas used to be a very solid red state. And then in recent years, it's become more diverse, it's become much more on the left side. It's like a swing state, almost, you never know what's going to happen. And I don't know if you guys heard, but Matthew McConaughey has been like, thinking about running for governor like he's been like contemplating it in interviews like when people ask him he's like look you know like how his, with his voice he's like well you know what i mean like he's like I'm, I'm studying it i don't know if i'm ever gonna run it or something but it looks like he's interested so it'll be vote. fascinating to see
2: if i live in texas
0: i would vote for him I, for
2: I, sure. would too, honestly. I would i'm just about to read his book actually
1: that's my next one so Let's see about that.
0: Green lights, Yeah. It's, it was like one of the top sellers. Um, exactly. Career. The other thing that I wanted to talk about, uh, you know, regarding this issue was Kyrie Irving. For those of you who don't know, he is a point guard for the Brooklyn Nets and the NBA. He's a basketball player. He is one of the best basketball players in the world, arguably one of the best point guards in the league. What he's doing is very, it's like, I don't know what you guys think about this, but he is refusing to take the vaccine and his stance is that people should be able to make their own individual decisions that the vaccine should not be mandated upon people that it's personal choice and the nba however has mandated that every player get a vaccine to be able to play and so the brooklyn nets they gave like kyrie irving a little bit of leeway say hey you know we understand your perspective but you got to take the vaccine And that leeway has like expired. The Brooklyn Nets have since moved on. They have told Kyrie that you can't play unless you get vaccinated. And so Kyrie is his logic is that he has his platform and he's standing up for all those people who are losing their jobs over uh, vaccine mandates. And so he so the Brooklyn Nets are no longer offering him offering him a hundred and eighty seven million dollar contract extension. And there's a chance he might be traded. And so he's you know, potentially he can lose a ton of money over not getting the vaccine. Again, what do you guys think? Again, like the polar opposite, right? It's the kind of the polar opposite of um, what, I don't know. It's, 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 it's interesting to see what, what he does, but what do you guys think? Uh, What do do you guys think his perspective is on this? Like, do you really think it's about, um, do you think he's just doing this because He wants to like, you know, create a drama scenario, more attention, or do you genuinely think like he believes what he believes?
1: I honestly don't think it matters what he believes on this perspective. I think like he has the option to get the vaccine or not get the vaccine. And, you know, if he, the thing is, if he says he's doing it for the people, then take it as face value, right? Who are we to judge whether he's doing it for whether the people or just because he doesn't want to get the vaccine himself. And so I'd say, take it as face value. Um, don't look too much into it because, you know, now you're, you're, you can create some resentment towards somebody that you don't know. And I don't think that's a positive thing to do. Um, but what I really think is, um, that it, it's his money, right? If he's willing to risk a hundred some million dollars, then that's what he's willing to do. I mean, if it's that important to him, then that must mean it's that important to him. Right. And he doesn't necessarily need the money. Uh, and he obviously doesn't want the money. If that's the case, I personally wouldn't do it. I value the hundred something million dollars more than the vaccine, getting the vaccine. But I mean, that's his, that's his option. I mean, that's his choice.
2: I, I mean, I just think um, that's Kyrie, man. Like we've seen throughout uh, the years that, you know, he's, he's a believer in like flat earth. He's blue like the Illuminati and all this stuff. And he's just a big conspiracy theory guy. So, and, you know, he probably believes that the vaccine, you know, um, has some crazy side effects or something like that. So, I mean, I, I truly do think that he believes in what he's saying because there's no way a, a rational person would uh, not just do this for a show when, when $187 million are on the line.
0: Okay, so in his defense though, the flat earth thing. So for those of you who don't know, like three, four years ago, a reporter asked him a question or somehow he talked about the earth being flat and like he kind of stuck by that position. But he was joking, in my opinion. Like it was pretty clear that he was just messing around, testing the patience of the reporters. But in in any in in any case, I think look, Kyrie is a good guy. He is really cognizant of his platform. He really wants to like help out the community across the world. I have a soft spot for him because he built out water wells in my home country of Pakistan. And so, like, I don't know of any NBA player that's done that. So I have a soft spot for him. I think he genuinely believes that the vaccine is a personal choice and that it should not be mandated. But I think as a professional, as an athlete, you have to understand your first responsibility is to the team, to the fans, right? Like the team that pays you. And so there, you know, maybe during press conferences, he can raise awareness about this, but he he has to take the vaccine because over 90% of NBA players are vaccinated. I think he's the only one left literally in the league, in the entire league. Yeah. that's not vaccinated. The and one so before he, that was Andrew Wiggins, but then he Andrew he got Wiggins, vaccinated. But then he got vaccinated. But and and the thing is like if he doesn't get vaccinated, he poses a risk to the players around him, right? So, I think he should get vaccinated, you know, just just do it, Kyrie. You know what I mean? Like this is this is the best. If you truly also one thing in using his philosophy, he really wants to create change and impact. Imagine what he's losing out on with 200 million dollars almost. He can change the world. He can like, you know, make thousands of water wells across the country. And so if he thinks about it in that way, like this is a good, good rational decision to take the vaccine, play on the team, win a championship and use that money to maybe raise awareness about the side effects of the vaccine or something like that. Uh, oh, I think, yeah.
2: By the way, Matt, also just one more thing, to really, because I know you don't watch NBA to just sh- to clarify the Nets, the team that Kyrie's on, have a huge chance of winning. They're like favorites to win the championship. And um, if Kyrie doesn't play that will actually hinder their performance a lot because they have like two of the greatest scorers on their team already, Kevin Durant and James Harden. And if they have Kyrie, I think like they'll be unstoppable, except for the Lakers, obviously. But, you know, um, they have a high chance of winning pretty much. So, uh it's even a it's it's even more of a big deal. If he was just on like a whatever team and he didn't play, it would be like whatever. But because they're a championship caliber team, it's a it's a big deal. Gotcha. I, I kinda I see the
1: the the impact now, but I still stand by what I'm saying. Like I think he saw the a decision to
2: choose. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. I mean yeah. it is his decision at the end of the day. Janesh, what I don't get
0: is how do KD and James Harden like Reckon with this, like, what do they say to Kyrie? Like, bro, please, come on, man. Like, what are they doing? Like, they must be like, imagine not having that third key piece to a championship-winning team. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, how he's able to maintain a relationship with these players. Like, I don't even know if James Harden or KD are still cool with him. I know KD's a really good friend of Kyrie, but I don't, I don't know how. Even if Kyrie joins back, like, isn't it going to be weird with Kyrie, this guy, like (laughs) who? refused to get the vaccine did all this like thing and i don't know dude
2: you know what else is kind of bad about Kyrie is like he's super unpredictable um last year even the years before that like he would just randomly miss games like just randomly like doesn't show up because he has personal issues or, so, or personal like he has he has to do something and he doesn't even inform the team so like last year he didn't inform the nets and just left for like three weeks or something and um yeah, I don't I don't know how that that guy that has balls man. I'll give him that. That's He's not even balls. A that, player, that's, that's right. That's not right. No, that's, that's, not not right. Not, that, no. that's not right. People are like like in any other job. Can you do that? Can you just t- no, not no, tell no, your no, boss no. and be like, hey, I'm leaving for three and weeks? The thing That's
0: sad that I will say is fans like Kyrie fans specifically come out to see him. And when they don't see him, they pay all this money. You know, you're kind of letting down the fans. And so. Um, so, yeah, I mean, absolutely.
2: at the end of the day, I think Kyrie is like one of the most talented point guards. And like, I love watching him play. Prodigy, yeah, dude, like his, his he probably has the best handles of all time. Um, but in terms of like, his, I feel like it's just a lot of um, I feel like I, I know what he's trying to do, but he's not doing it in the right way.
0: Exactly. You hit it right in the buck. Yeah. He, he I know we I have empathy for what he's saying, but it's just the wrong way to do it. You know what? I'd love to see a movie on Kyrie Irving sometime in my life. Like, what a movie it'd be! But Kyrie would have to be like an integral part of the process for the movie to be successful because someone would have to like get down deep in his mind and like how he thinks. And like, it, it'd be cool to see. Uh, but enough of Kyrie and, and the vaccine mandate. Let's move on to uh, let's move so on. Let's know. move
2: on to uh, some international affairs or not even international, it's just US, I guess. But yeah, go um, ahead. So day. There's been a recent story about a senior cybersecurity official at the Pentagon, and he said he's resigned because of the slow pace of technological development in um, the U.S. government. And he pretty much said that, you know, just to summarize, that it's pretty much impossible with our current technology uh, pace of development to compete with China, who's like the other leader in technology. And he said that in, in his opinion, this is quotes, we have no competing, uh we have no competing fighting chance against China in 15 to 20 years. Right now it's already a done deal. It is already over, in my opinion. That's quotes. And um this this has actually been like a big thing. Um, I just feel like the US government in terms of technology is actually so far behind. I, I think our businesses are ahead, like Apple, you know, all these tech tech companies we have, but in terms of like our government technology, it, it's just um so so behind and I mean you one major like factor to this might be like the you know the congress was making all these policies you know uh, dumping money into different things and not into like cyber security or other um technological advancements I mean you know half of congress thinks like uh the iphone is like magic or something you know like you ever see the hearings like it's actually it's actually crazy but um you know th- I feel like this is a big deal and even even like countries like North Korea in, in like the 1990s, they started developing their uh, cybersecurity um, and their hack, their group of hackers, you know, um, in, in the nineties. And, and Kim Jong-un has heavily emphasized that, um, you know, he, he, he funds a lot of money into uh, making these armies of hackers and stuff. So I just feel like, I don't know. It just seems like the U S is just, far behind i don't know if that's because of the policymakers or or what but i mean i in my personal opinion i think we have to start um putting more money into developing technology and especially cybersecurity and artificial intelligence because those fields are the um what's the future is all about so you know what do you guys think about this dude i totally agree i one of my biggest issues with the
1: government is the allocation of funds And I feel like they allocate funds so improperly and so just frantically, like they just give money where, where they believe money is, or not where they believe money is due, where the people think money is due. And it's complete BS. Like we our military has a ridiculous amount of funds that, you know, they don't even use, right? Like who needs, who needs hundreds of billions of dollars to fund a war that's completely, we would just destroy, right? It's not necessary. First off, another thing, like, I think over the past year, like, it's good that people got funds, but did you know what, like, over 40% of all cash was printed this last year? Like, that's bonkers, okay? Th- that's, like, of all time, over, over the past 300 years, almost half of all money was printed and was dispersed to people just because, I mean, obviously, like, it was, some of it was needed, right? But, you know, I think the, re- the unemployment thing, that needed that needed to be cracked down on. Uh, I think it's a little too late for that, Um, but I I think that funds should have been allocated more properly. You know, and from here on out, I think, you know, just as you're saying, cybersecurity should be a big thing. I think education should be a big thing. I I think our education system should be reformed. I don't think the current one suits everybody. Um, You know, just in terms of cybersecurity, let's not go off topic, or I won't go off topic here.
2: No, no. um, yeah go ahead. no but you're you're right allocation you know fund allocation is a big deal and one thing I want to emphasize is you said that you know or we know that in the U- the U.S. is allocating like what 800 billion dollars or something to the military yeah. and what I and and maybe maybe that's fine you know maybe you're a patriot patriotic you know figuring you're like hey you know we we got to protect our country and that that's fine but one thing that people have to realize now is like Wars are not going to be fought with machine guns and, 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 you know, missiles and stuff. They're going to be fought through technology, like AI, like, cause it's, it's about, it's all about age of information. Like, you know, if China can, you know, hack into our information systems, they're going to win the war that like, that's literally all it's going to be about. It's all about information. So if they're going to even fund the military, might as well fund like technology, like AI and, and cybersecurity, which will, which, which is in, in I mean, in proxy, it's it would be helping us in like a war or in a def, in a defense sense. Yeah, for
1: sure, dude. Not even like in war, right? But it's just gonna help our advancement as a society, and that in proxy, I guess would help out in the military. But I, I think the whole the whole thing with war is just we're in wars that are like not even necessary, and so like the money behind it that 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 should be just drastically dropped and. It should be towards advancement and like pr- like how, helping us prosper as a people.
2: Right. I, I think even if they drop it from like, um, you know, like in, let's not say war, I'm going to say more like defense, you know, Let, let's be more defensive, you know, let's like cybersecurity, I, I would say yeah. we're defensive. We're, we're defending our information. You know, AI, we're defending uh, our, I guess, well, that's just advancement, but AI can also in, uh, in turn help cybersecurity. But yeah, Ibrahim, you were going to say something?
0: just going to provide more context so this guy uh his name is nicholas chalen uh and he was the first um software chief software officer for the u.s air force and space force so it wasn't just like a random official he was the first official chief software officer for the air force and space force and he quit because he said that the department of defense the pentagon refused to make ai uh, their top priority for cybersecurity. They refused to make it a priority and that was frustrating for him. And he said that he worked really hard for the last three years to you know, convince the Pentagon to invest more resources into this, but they failed. And now he's saying that it's too late, that he doesn't see the point for him to remain there if his higher-ups are not on the same page as him. And he's saying that China is so far ahead that there's no point in even competing. I disagree with, with his alarmist uh, perspective, but I do think it's important, like you guys said, to understand uh, the failure of our government, like you said, Matt, so to properly allocate money in the right things. And um, it's, it's really interesting. I think you guys, uh, I recommend the readers, we'll put this in the, uh, in the notes section. And by the way, we have a notes section after every podcast, so you guys can read all the articles that we discuss, but I'll put his whole LinkedIn post. He announced it via LinkedIn, he wrote a whole article entitled, "It's Time to Say Goodbye," and it's very long. It's like very detailed. He like goes through every single thing he accomplished, and it's just, so. This is not just guy trying to get attention. It's a really credible officer, um, very smart person who understands AI and technology. And so, you know, it's definitely we should listen to his opinion. But but I honestly, this uh, I think China. I agree with him. It's the single most biggest existential threat that the U.S. faces. But I don't think where. Um, I I don't see China succeeding in the long term just because of their communist principles. I believe communism can just never succeed no matter who does it. Maybe it can, uh, you know, prosper for a limited period of time. But in the end, I I think the U.S. is going to overwhelm China in the long term. But again, we do have to prepare ourselves and we can't be complacent. We can't just be like we're the U.S. We have been surviving democracy for over 200 years. So we can't be complacent, in my opinion but uh, oh. we we also don't, we shouldn't just be cynical and pessimistic like this guy and just quit and be like, I'm leaving. <laughs> like, I, it's yeah. over, I'm done. Like, I don't think that was his right move. But again, I understand his perspective because he was frustrated. Nobody was changing their mind mindset on AI. Uh, so Ibrahim, I think the way I view it is, you know, I think
2: he mentioned like, you know, comparing to China, but I feel like we should just be doing what's best for our country, regardless of what the world is doing, right? And I think technology and advancements in cybersecurity is, is just like, we just need to do that. That's like a, a, a thing that's gonna impact us in the future as a country, as, as a whole, as a unity, right? And um, I don't think it's even like, you know, being scared about China, it's just as a country, we need these advancements and we need to put, as uh, Matt said, funding is in the right spot. And, you know, just to end off my point, uh, I just wanna get one, one quote that he he said, he said, at this point, I'm just tired of continuously chasing support and money to do my job. I mean, like, that just summarizes everything. Like, he has to, he has to literally get money to help our country, and he can't get the right fundings and, and you know, uh, resources to do his job.
1: I have one question to ask you guys. So, in terms of, like, you know, China taking over technologically, and it just seems like, overall, they're going to that place where they're just going to be more advanced than us. And- they're going to take over in general uh so it, it, there, there's a thing there's a saying that every great empire falls every 300 years and it's like a statistical fact like they take into like consider like babylon and you know everywhere all the great empires and you know we've been around for about 300 years now um and it seems like our um, our reign is not going to fall
0: but definitely going to fall behind uh what do you guys think about that do you think that's true or what do you think we're not so we're not at 200 we're not at 300 years yet we're only at we're about 240 i believe so we still have sixteen well, more i years. said about
1: 300 but... so when
0: we're 80 man the shit's gonna hit the fan and then we'll start worrying but uh, um no, no no i mean i i don't know um i think the united states uh historically is the longest surviving democracy in the history of the world and so we've already made it this far we kind of take our internal peace for granted and so I'm actually more scared about what happens to the United States internally than externally. Uh, and, and In that sense, I'm not that concerned about an external threat uh, taking over our country. I'm more concerned about people inside the country hating each other so much that we start a renewed civil war. I think that's, there's a higher likelihood that that happens than, say, China Coming after us. I mean, they already are coming after us in in, in other ways. There's a, there's been a cyber warfare going on between China and America for the last I don't know how many years. But my point is, in regards to your question, uh, of course every empire falls. You know, of course that happens. It's, it's it's the way life works. It's the way humans work. It's the way history works. So I don't know when it's going to happen, but if I were to predict how it would happen, I would say Americans internally, like I said, will just start hating each other and uh, just ruining themselves. And it's already starting to happen, in my opinion.
2: You know, Ibrahim, I agree with you that, you know, internal issues might, uh, you know, lead to, um, you know, future events, but I would also say that external forces do, can make the, it's kind of lighting the gas on fire even more because like, you know, we have hackers from Russia, you know, posting like propaganda in like Facebook and stuff. And I feel like even the internal conflict we have in U.S. can be exaggerated by other countries, um, so, or by other external forces. So, um, but yeah, I generally agree with you. Um, as far as the US falling, um, I don't know. I think we I think we'll be fine. Uh, it's just that if we don't become like complacent and, you know, we start just, you know, doing some, you know, dumb stuff, I guess then we'll fall. But I think we should be fine. Um, I believe in the U.S. government and in the people. I I think we have some of the smartest people in the world and we'll we'll figure it out.
1: I think that was interesting. You said um, as long as we don't become complacent, right? Because I think what happens is when people become complacent and things are just okay, things are just settled in life, that things just kind of like happen. Right. And if things are just happening, there's other people in this world that are more hungry and more driven and, and are more prepared. And so those are the people that take down the complacency. Um, And so I think that, you know, if we do become complacent, we're just okay with where we are, then other countries or other people within the states will go ahead and try to take over and, you know, try to make what we've created fall. So let's move on to um, your next topic,
2: Janish. Yeah, so one thing I wanted to talk about, I don't know if you guys watched, it's been like the big deal this past week, has been uh, David Chappelle, the legendary comedian. The goat himself uh his new special on netflix uh called the closer and he mentions a lot about um you know transgenderism and he talks a lot about you know that topic because he's been garnering he's been gaining hate from the transgender community uh, throughout the years for like some of the things he said and um one thing like this is the one thing that everybody is saying on like twitter and stuff right now this is what chappelle said and i'm gonna, I'm gonna quote it all right he said gender is a fact. Every human being in this room, uh, every human being on earth had to pass through the legs of a woman to be on earth. That is a fact. So like, you know, there's, uh, that's like some stuff he says, you know, that, I mean, it is a fact, but it's been kind of getting hate from, uh, you know, transgender, LGBTQ community. And, um, you know, I don't want to talk about the whole transgender thing. Um, but what I do want to talk about is, um, the fact that Everybody on Twitter is trying to cancel him and stuff like that. Like everybody's trying to, you know, uh, uh, take him down. And the thing, the thing I don't understand is like this is stand up community. I mean, st- stand up com- comedy, right? Like stand up comedy is supposed to be about pushing the lines, thinking about like things. Um. By the way, I watched the special. It was really funny. Um, but it, it's supposed to be about you know pushing the lines and talking about things that we wouldn't really talk about in other scenarios right like we always see com- comedians talking about some insane stuff that that wouldn't make that wouldn't we really wouldn't talk about anywhere else but they, you know they add a funny twist to it so i don't really understand why people are taking like stand-up comedy as a as a form of attack like dave, dave Chappelle's trying to attack someone it, it really just doesn't make sense to me and and what, what's more crazy is that netflix sent out an email to um all their employees, because even some of their employees were like kind of questioning the the special. And um, pretty much the CEO himself said that we don't believe that, you know, the special has crossed any lines. Um, You know, it's stand-up comedy, which exists to push boundaries. And uh, some people will find uh, stand-up to be, um, you know, uh, offensive, but there's nothing that incites hate or violence in the special, pretty much. That's what he said. So, I don't think you guys have watched the special, but, uh, coming, I guess that's better because you guys can have a, uh, more, um, another perspective on the matter. What do you guys think about, uh, uh, how what's going on with the special? Right. Uh, So first off I despise cancel culture. I don't
1: think it's right at all. Obviously if somebody does something wrong, then they should pay the consequence. Right. But Mm -hmm. it's like, Everybody's getting canceled these days for irrelevant things just because somebody doesn't like what somebody says, right? And you you hit it on the dot, dude. Like, well, comedy, I don't think it's just stand-up comedy. I think comedy in general is to make uncomfortable situations funny, right? Like transgender, like to most people, it's an uncomfortable situation just because of you know everything it garnishes. You know, there's a lot of hate on it, there's a lot of like love towards it, and there's just a lot of clashing with both. And so, first off, I think it's an uncomfortable topic, right? And comedy is there to like hit it on the dot and like, you know, talk about it and make a joke about it because, you know, it. that's what it is. There's topics in life that, you know, we usually won't talk about because it's uncomfortable, but you go ahead and you kind of tackle those topics through comedy and to make people laugh. And, you know, whether it's transgender jokes or racist jokes or whatever it is, it's not like anybody's being targeted because everybody's being targeted, right? And if you take like, if you take things to heart, then it's like, you you're not in the right here. So, I, I just want to talk about that real quick. Um I don't think I don't think it's right to cancel him for that. I don't like cancel culture. Um
2: oh, by the way, yeah. really just real quick, you can't cancel yeah. Dave Chappelle. You can't cancel him. He doesn't care. You you have to care to be canceled, so you can't cancel him. But go on.
1: No, that that is a fair point. You do have to care to be canceled. Um it, so regardless, I mean, I don't think it's right for this whole thing. What I did want to mention is you mentioned you don't understand how somebody could try to cancel for just the comedy of it. And it's control, dude. Like with everything in life, like there, there's a type of t- I think I see as a tyranny, what's going on right now. It's like a tyrannical wave of people just because they want control. And I think they want control because they felt they, they feel suppressed for whatever reason, they feel suppressed by what the society, what society is telling them and what they see, you know, people as being, and like we like it or not it seems like more and more people are like taking to heart things a lot more right like things are a lot more emotional now it just feels that way and when things are more emotional then things are taken out of context and regardless right but i think it's a form of control from people that don't that from people that want people to think like them and if people want pe- if <laughs> if the people want other people to think like them that is a form of control like everybody has the right to think what they want, you know, the First Amendment, I'm going to say what I want, because I want to say that. And so I don't think it's right for people to try to control others, because they don't think it's right. And they don't think it's just and all this and that, like, yeah, it might not be just, but does it matter? Because it's my opinion, right? And so I think that's, that's, that is what I think, I don't want to get too far into it.
0: So here's my perspective on it. I disagree with you in that, I don't think it's a control thing. I I just think we've gotten so sensitive as as people in the United States. And again, keep this in mind. I feel like people mischaracterize cancel culture. It's just a very small number of people who have the loudest voices. Like you were talking about Twitter. There's a handful of people on Twitter. All they do is just like look for stuff like this and call on people to resign or quit or like criticize. And in my opinion, it's just like they, 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 they feel like they have this moral vendetta right against the other person i don't know if it's control i think it's more so they've gotten so sensitive about things and then they've gotten like it's i just don't i honestly what does that
1: sensitivity it. breeds into that that's my point right cuz obviously things mm-hmm. breed into other things and if people are sensitive over something then i, I the reason i see it as control man is cuz like sure i think you're 100% right dude like people have gotten more sensitive and more emotional over things and i think that sensitivity just brews into hatred and like resentment and what does mm-hmm. resentment have you want somebody to think the way you think
2: so yeah, but, all yeah my it, bad. Go you on. know i was just gonna say real quick to ibrahim's point um i agree with you that i think it's just a small handful of people on twitter that you know are being enraged at this and for a while i didn't even think like cancel culture like it didn't really exist in my opinion like i just felt like it's just not people on twitter being mad like it doesn't exist in real life but one thing that kind of changed that was when kevin hart he was about to host the oscar and that was like his dream like his lifelong dream and he got canceled over a tweet he made like 10 years ago about uh, uh i don't know who it was about the lgbt community or something he said 10 years ago he got canceled on twitter for that and that had real life apl- implications of him not being able to host the oscars so and it was that point i was like damn this is actually crazy this should not ha- like he said that 10 years ago, he's a different person now. Like we change every year. Like, I don't understand. But, um, at that point I was like, maybe it's, it has bigger implications than just people being mad
0: on Twitter, you know? I think it's also important to understand, but going back to your point, Janish, that the point of standup comedy is to push boundaries. It's to be like, um, to say wild stuff that just like, uh, you know, to get a laugh out of people. And so Dave Chappelle, he's a master of both, whatever he talks about, he kind of speaks it from the heart and he kind of talks about issues in a way that he's trying to make them funny, but also he's trying to get across a point. So I don't think Dave Chappelle regrets what he said, right? Like you said, he doesn't care about being canceled. He's just speaking his opinion. And I think comedians should be one of those few people who can pretty much, you know, get away with saying anything, as long as it doesn't directly incite violence or conflict, right? Like I agree with Netflix. I don't think what Dave Chappelle said incites violence or, you know, it doesn't incite conflict directly, but I think, so yeah, I think that should be like the last limit. Again, like comedy is like one of those last few things left in our society, man, where like people can go without any guard and just have a good time. And the comedians will talk about everything. Everything is on the table. Right. And obviously they're not, their point is not to, um, Offend someone, although their jokes can be offensive. It's just, however, you perceive to take those jokes that matters. If you go into co- stand-up comedy, saying, uh, having like these limitations, saying, "Oh, if he makes a joke about this, I'm not gonna like it. I'm gonna walk away." You can't go into a comedy show or watch a comedy show with that. I, I also think all these people who were trying to cancel Dave Chappelle haven't even seen the special. They just heard that he made some offensive comments, and they got like all, and they got like all enraged. So. I think that's also, and
2: and just before we end up and and the topic, one thing I want to say is like, I don't know if you guys know Dave Chappelle's history. He had the legendary Chappelle Show, which was like yep. a skit-based show, and then he was offered fifty million dollars in two thousand two or something, fifty million dollars to continue his show on the network, but he had to he had to uh you know he had some guidelines or he had to like restrict his comedy. He walked away from fifty million dollars in two thousand two, left for te- like what. Or not 2002 like 2005 or something left for 10 years just left came back and has like five netflix specials which are like the most watched netflix comedy specials of all time that's like and he said that in the special he's like you can't cancel me like i don't care he literally said that he's like i don't i don't care i walked away from 50 million dollars
0: like i don't it doesn't matter and like that's true man and that's why people like him so much, because they can see the genuine nature in him and that he doesn't care about the money. He literally just cares about comedy, making people laugh and what he's good at. So I respect that about him. Um, moving on, what, what what did you want to cover, Matt? I think it was a video that you wanted to speak to. Yeah. So earlier, it was actually today. Earlier today, I watched, uh, it was a cool
1: video. I mean, we're all aware of Yes Theory, right? Like we all, you know, we all like Yes Just briefly explain it, though, though like just channel. so for
0: people who don't know what Yes Theory is.
1: Okay, for sure. So Yes Theory, their whole thing is they're trying to kind of push boundaries and they don't want the, you know, the typical word no to keep them from doing things. And so what they'll often do is they'll do things like go to a country for 24 hours with zero money, right? Or, you know, for this topic, as an example, uh, they went to a country that doesn't exist.
0: So basically I'll give you a brief. Their YouTube of the- channel though. So their YouTube channel that does like makes all these videos that pushes boundaries. And the whole point is to uh, go to have experiences. And just like you said, to never say no, always say yes to different types of crazy stuff.
1: Right. Correct. So, okay. So for this video, as an example, um, I thought it was awesome. I, I, you know, I haven't seen yes theory in a cool minute. And so I saw one of the videos today and I thought I was like, wow, that's awesome. So basically uh, Thomas Bragg, he, And um, another guy, Eric Bach, I think that's the name Eric Bach, um, they went to a country that doesn't exist. And so the way it works is they're a society in Russia that kind of encapsulates the Soviet Union. So it's not even, and you know, if you ask, if you go onto the US directory or the UN directory, they're not a country at all. Like nobody really sees them as their own country except themselves. And so I thought it was extremely interesting to go to, you know, they went for 50 hours, they just went there you know, saw the town, and literally the towns were, the houses were built in 1917, haven't been remodeled since. They still encapsulate the Soviet Union. They have pictures and sculptures of Lenin all over the place, and, you know, it's not necessarily that they still worship Lenin. Um, they did mention in the video that it's the experience factor of it to, you know, be around where they were born in and where they grew up in, and so it was it was pretty interesting to me to see a town or a country that's not really a country kind of exists. And, um, you know, in the video, I'll mention real quick, they created their own soccer team. And their soccer team was just uh, initiated into, it's not the MLS, but whatever the international uh, major leagues are for soccer, um, they just enlisted. And their first game, they played Real Madrid, arguably the best team in the world, and they beat them. And so it's crazy. Wait wait, wait a
0: second, wait a second, wait a second yeah what's so how big is this country 500,000 people wow so it's yeah. a half a million people so it's half like, a million people it's okay. not like and it's not like a town it's literally like a country where it's so geographically do you know where it is like is it is, so it's, it's in russia it's it in says, russia i don't know where in russia but. so
2: here i'm just reading it's just eastern europe and they, they call themselves Transin. Transnistria. Transnistria? I don't know. Transnistria, yeah.
0: Yeah, Transnistria, yeah. Um, wow. That is, that's, that, what, that so,
2: is so sorry, so that's what everybody
1: else calls them, but they have their own Russian name. Uh, It's something, something of republic. It's just like, I don't, I don't know Russian, and so I don't know how to pronounce it, but uh, yeah, it, it's interesting, though. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Would you be interested in, in going to a country that doesn't
2: exist? Uh, well, um. <laughs> I have a lot of countries to visit that do it. <laughs> so first, I'd like to check those out. And then I might think about going to there.
0: I'm on the same boat, man. I, don't, I, I, got, I got like 100 countries to cross off first before I delve into this country. But wait a second. You said so Their soccer team beat Real Madrid in La Liga. So that happened. What? When did this yes. happen? This
1: happened, I believe, two weeks ago. A week ago, two weeks ago, yeah. Wow. That yes, is, that is insane. They beat Real Madrid. That's intense. Like, I
2: mean, just
1: it's it's. I mean, it's it is intense, right? You have a country of five hundred thousand people, and they're not recruiting from other countries because they don't exist in themselves. Right. And so it's just they put together a soccer team that only consisted of their you know citizens, and right. they went ahead and made it into the La Liga and beat right. Real Madrid. So they're not
0: recognized by any international organization.
1: No, why not they're not recognized why not um honestly i have no idea i didn't like i didn't look that into it um but yeah
0: yeah i'm surprised bro i'm surprised putin hasn't went in there and conquered it already he's like what <laughs> russia this is russia what do you so mean? so check, actually no, check, so uh, wait,
1: uh bye, bye, real quick real quick so check this out so they still there there's no border right because there's no country right but they put their own border up in order to get into the country and so technically, it's not legal or it's not allowed to exist, but they still did it
0: just. So for it's a wannabe it. country. They really just <laughs> want to be recognized. That's their ultimate dream. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. I damn. So we'll, yes. Go ahead, Janish.
2: I'm good. I'm good. That's fine. I, I was just gonna make a comment, but no, it's fine.
0: So that that was the whole thing. That was the video. They just went to this random country, had a good time, and that's
2: it. What were the the people like?
0: I didn't watch Uh, the video. (laughs) Oh, my God. So this is something. Okay, I actually want to touch on this. Thanks for
1: reminding me. So people there, like, I mean, I I I haven't been there, right? But according to the video, they're extremely nice and extremely giving. And so they went to this one pop-up shop in front of this lady's house. She's an older lady. uh, Extremely nice. She knew that they weren't from Russia or they weren't from the area. And she went ahead and gave them food and like, wasn't asking for any money. And so Eric, he ended up under, he I mean, not ended up. The reason he went is because he knew Russian and he was able to speak Russian with, uh, with the people, but he was talking to this lady and she was telling him that, you know, in, in terms of us dollars, they make about 150 us dollars a month, a month. And so in order, so she had an operation, she had an eye operation coming up and Eric and, uh, uh, Thomas, they ended up paying for operation because it was eight hundred dollars. I mean, that's nothing to us coming from the United States right for for an operation. But to them, that's over that's about six months of working in order to get that operation. and that's coming out zero that that's netting eight hundred dollars, right? And it's just interesting to me how you know it's not only in Transylvania or whatever <laughs> Transylvania or whatever. Uh, but it's like all these smaller like me, genus, right? We went to Vietnam, dude. How nice were they to us? Like, they were so nice. Like, it, yeah. it just felt like we were, didn't it feel like we were just, not even tourists, but like we were treated as guests. Is that accurate?
2: Yeah, I would, I would agree with that.
1: Right, and even yeah. in Thailand, like, like mm-hmm. when we went, we felt like guests. We didn't feel like tourists there. Um, obviously, you have your, your, your fools here and there, right? But yeah, the cab drivers
2: like, trying to rip us off. They took the yeah, exactly. Here
1: and there, it happens. <laughs> but they're just nice to us. And to make $150 a month, and still want to give like without anything in return that mindset is just it's insane to me and it's awesome I, I love hearing stuff like that coming from the united states like extreme capitalists and all we care about is the dollar and what our dollars worth and
2: so it's and you, cool you know that. yeah and you know i think that's what traveling is all about you know it's just getting to know different people getting to understand different perspectives of life 100 percent
0: I, I think traveling is fun if you stay at a place for more, more than two weeks. So I feel like back-to-back traveling, only going to some place for like, like I've been, tra- it's not, like, international traveling, but, like, domestically, at least, like, I was traveling these past three weekends, and one thing I realized is to truly explore a place, you've got to be there for at least more than a week. Like, you don't really get the full experience in a day or two, and that just becomes, like, it's not fun. Traveling is not fun if you just do dude, it. Dude, I
2: agree. I Dude, I agree with you so much, dude. That, that's, like, when I, uh, I, I was thinking about this, when you travel, right. And you're traveling somewhere for like a week or five days, what you're pretty much doing is you're going to go to all the tourist locations and you're going to check those out. You're not going to really be able to understand like the landscape or, or, you know, the, the local people that are living um, and, you know, get to interact with other people. It's just all about, Hey, here's, here's this tourist location, go there. Oh, it's cool. Come back to the hotel or wherever you're staying. And I don't think that's, that's the, um, traveling i would like to do
0: so what if you could go if i gave you if someone gave you guys like ten thousand dollars to go to go to one country where would you guys go
2: italy I already I just, okay i already italy? have this. why italy so what i have this i have this crazy plan or it's not even crazy a lot of people do this is i want to go to italy and i want to start from the north and go down all the way like from the north to all the way to the, and then end up in the islands. That's, that's what I want to do. So, okay. okay. I agree with you, Josh. I really want to go. To, so I have three on my list. Okay. So I obviously. No, no, no you have to pick one.
0: You got to pick one.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, no, I'm going to pick two. Ibrahim. No, all you right? can't. You get, can, that's the whole I'm point. Sorry, no, 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 no.
0: You, you got to pick one. You'll
1: understand when you hear my plan. You'll you don't, understand. you
0: won't get the, 10K. the guys 10 K. The guy is offering you $10,000. You have to pick one country to live in for a week. <laughs> he won't give you the 10 K. It's game over. You have to pick one. One week? If
1: it's only one week? Yeah, one week. Okay, weeks. okay. Well, man, I'm going to answer your question, and I'm going to say what I want to say, okay? <laughs> if it's one week, I would do Iceland. Like, I, I, there was this road trip that they do around Iceland, and so Iceland has this one giant stretch of, of road that goes full circle, and you can see, you know, you see the northern lights, you can see volcanoes, you can see black sand beaches, you can see the entire landscape of, of Iceland going on this road trip around that one road. And so if I was given any amount of money to go for one week only, I would choose Iceland.
2: Well, I didn't know it was one week. The Italy plan would take like a month. (laughs)
1: That's what my point, man. So if it's one week, Iceland. If it's two weeks, I'm going to go ahead and say it. So I have a, not two weeks, sorry. I want to go for two months. Like this is like an extended period of time. I want to hit Italy. No, 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 no. No, (laughs) Iceland one month. But this next thing I'm about to say, uh, I want to hit Italy and I want to hit Greece. Like those are my two top bucket lists right now. Um, and I really just want to immerse like both, like how we immerse Thailand, Janish. Uh-huh. I want to immerse like into Italy and immerse into Greece, but I want to go in both. Like I Dude. want to hit Switzerland, obviously, but both of those, those are the top.
2: Dude, Greece and Italy, like, you're going to be eating good food the whole time, man. <laughs> the whole yes,
1: time. Sir. Hey, bud, come on. That, that's part Wait, of What really about you, Ibrahim? Food. 10K.
0: I, so I don't want to repeat your answers. I feel like Europe is a little overrated. I don't know. See, I've only been to, um, like I've only been to the UK. So I would, I don't, I've never been to like Eastern Europe. So I, I obviously I don't know what it's like, but I would go personally, if I was doing 10 K for one week, it's either between Brazil or New Zealand. Um, I'm gonna go and go ahead and say Brazil. I don't know. If I Did you guys ever see Rio as a child? The movie Rio How about of course. That? that movie, yeah. like made me just fall in love with Brazil, the culture, the people, the places, the scenery. So I'd love to go to Brazil. Uh, for a week. Yeah. That would be pretty sweet. What do you think about Peru? I don't know much about it, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> dude, that's... that's All nice, I know bro. is Lima is the capital of Peru, right?
1: Yeah, dude. So, dude, Peru, I feel like Peru is the most underrated country, like, out there right now. Their landscape stretches from, you know, beautiful beaches, obviously, to, like, rainforest to, obviously, there's uh, not yet, uh, what was called? Uh, Machu Picchu? Obviously Machu Picchu is, I wouldn't say Chichen Itza, but that's in uh, Tulum. Uh, Machu Picchu is there, right? But they have like, their landscape is just next level, extremely underrated, and you get the most doll, most bang for your buck in Peru. And that's where I want to go next summer. i
0: hoping I can get two weeks to go ahead and check that out. I, but you've never been there though i don't understand how you can say that there's a bold statement to make the most underrated country in the world come on
1: oh no fair fair from, from my research and my okay. due diligence it uh. seems like the most underrated country okay
0: that's a better statement to make sorry
1: Ibrahim, <laughs> semantics right <laughs> all
0: right i think i think that's a that's a good note to end the podcast we went almost for an hour hope you guys enjoyed um please subscribe like we never even tell them to do anything. I feel like we're, we, don't we don't need want to. Them. We don't need to. They they want. To.
1: They want to. They they, they love them. us.
0: Okay, they love us. Exactly. They're obsessed. They're obsessed <laughs> with our with our charisma. <laughs> um. All right. All right, guys. See Good you guys. Luck.